Hi everyone, welcome back to 33 Founders. I'm really excited that you're with us today because I'm here with Jeff Dachas, the founder of OneDrop. Thanks so much for being with me, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So we just started out and we were chatting about your launch at the Launch Festival, which was hugely impacting. Can we start out with you explaining how OneDrop is affecting diabetics' lives? Well, you know, we're, we're a really new company, so we're, we're not even in market yet with our app, or our glucometer or our supply subscription service. But the idea um, is to, first of all, enable people to simply collect um, the data about their food, fitness, glucose and uh, insulin intake and then share that data with everybody else um, who happens to be on the OneDrop platform. And it's that sharing, I think, that really makes the OneDrop platform decidedly different than what we've seen in the marketplace. Uh, you know, I, I have struggled with my own diabetes over the years, uh, over, not over the years, since I've been diagnosed, um, you know, in various incidents, you know, Chinese food's always a problem for me, um, or running, you know, not, not sharing, not make, not really sure, you know, how much insulin to take, uh, you know, after a run or before a run or, or what food to, you know, how, just how to get it right. I mean, honestly, it's, it's really hard. You're doing math all the time and, and, uh, getting diabetes right is, is not something that uh, comes easy to most people. And so, we can share our data with everybody else and then learn from everyone else's journey along the way, um, I think that there's a huge opportunity to help people make better choices and learning from people like me. You know, I'm not learning from a doctor or a hospital or a pharmaceutical company or a, a, a somebody who's, who's who may not have the same sort of empathy that someone like me does have. And so that's the, that's the genesis of the platform. And then there's a whole bunch of other aspects to it to just make it easier for people to collect and share that information with everyone else. One thing I love about the app too, and you guys actually won best design at the launch festival is I don't feel like it's a medical app. Like it doesn't look like a lab to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not, we're, we're specifically, you know, appealing to um, people's desire to live their life with diabetes. Um, and it's, about living your life. It's not about having diabetes. Um, it's about, you know, taking the sharp reminder each day when you check your blood, that, that sharp reminder to be, um, aware of and empowered to live your life in a great way to, to, to think about those future college graduations that you're going to end up going to those, those great weddings or parties that, that are, that are going to be coming, you know, down the line, or you be able to see your kid, you know, graduate. And that, opportunity is one that we take each day with each one drop of blood, one drop at a time. And so it's really about, not about medical stuff. It's about living your life, you know, and that's hopefully what we've captured. I think that's what you really got across when you were pitching at the launch festival. And one of the judges said that it's the best, one of the best pitches he's ever seen, especially because you ended with three huge announcements. You said it's Apple watch ready. It's free. And then in fact, you were the woman who fell in the elevator. I know you've done a lot of pitches before, but did you, so did you practice that pitch or how does it go? Is it rehearsed, memorized? Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's, I guess rehearsed. Um, we, we spent a fair amount of time preparing for the, you know, what, what we wanted to say. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, um, yeah, it wasn't complete, completely off the cuff. Um, I think, you know, presentation wise, you know, 
that's what it was. We put on, we, we presented, you know, some thoughts and ideas. The Apple Watch Ready stuff, you know, we will be ready as soon as the Apple Watch launches uh, with the OneDrop app. Um, it being free, you know, our goal is to relentlessly reduce the cost um, and inconvenience of living your life with diabetes. And, it, you know, I want to continue to drive at the cost reduction aspect so that um, testing your blood is either, either you know, cheap or free um, to anybody who needs to test because you're not able to manage what you don't measure. And so I want to make it as easy as possible for people to measure as much as they can, as often as they can, to share that data with everybody else and to learn from everyone else. How is it going to work on the Apple Watch? Will it be a similar interface? Um, the Apple Watch has certain characteristics to it that are, um, I'd, I'd say, uh, limited in the functionality. So we're working within the constraints of what Apple Watch can do right now. And I'm certain that the platform will be expanding. But right now, it, it's going to primarily be a, another form of um, notifications. So you'll receive you know, notifications on the watch oh, wow, as opposed to having to pick them up. So, for instance, let's say you've eaten a meal, uh, you know, maybe uh, 60 to 90 minutes later, you'll get a notification that you should probably, uh, you know, check your blood because food impacts, you know, glucose. And really, it's that subtle reminder, that subtle motivation, uh, you know, that happens on the watch. And it's, it's really easy. Another thing that, you know, we're, we're going to be doing is just enabling you to see where you're at at a glance. So, you know, you sort of... Um, and, and, and that's more than anything, you know, some of the basic functionality that the Apple Watch will, will be providing. Every time I think about the Apple Watch, too, it's, there's a lot of discussion about whether or not you need it. And even though taking my phone out and turning it on is such a small task, the fact that I can just look at my wrist feels like a totally different game. Yeah, I, I think um, there will be naysayers about that. And, you know, there is always uh, about it, I think, generally speaking. Um, I like to think of the amount of time that it takes for you to take out your phone and look at a notification and then take, take action on that notification and, um, and, and the usefulness of those notifications. And, and on your phone, there's certain circumstances where, where, where that's a, a time saver, but there's also certain circumstances where you're spending a lot of time checking out, you know, the, the little red dots that tell you how many messages you got or, you know, all those little notification things. And I think what the watch is going to do is reduce the amount of time that you're spending on your phone by getting the most important information that's timely to you in a quick glance that you can take action on you know, quickly and, and saving the more time intensive stuff for, for when you actually have, have the device out. And so my guess is that Apple watch is really going to be about, um, convenience and time saving with regards to that notification layer, that, that messaging layer, that, that, that top level lightweight set of communications that, um, you know, that occur. And we'll start to see that evolve over time into something interesting. And I, I, I highlight that as a parallel to look at something like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger with 700 million users or 600 million users respectively, or Snapchat or some of the Tencent or, you know, Sina Weibo or some of the other messaging platforms that are out there worldwide. Um, it's that lightweight messaging layer that's going to end up, you know, driving a lot of the um, interesting new applications and, and new opportunities 
as opposed to the desktop web translated to the mobile phone. And that's what Apple Watch presents is from my perspective as far as opportunities go. And when it comes to mobile health, it comes to being able to be aware of how you're doing and where you are and what's happening in your life with regards to, let's say, you know, or fitness or, you know, whatever that your, your mobile health goals are, um, you know, the watch is going to be one of the primary interfaces to uh, enable those motivational and notifications for, for behavioral change. Great. So I want to shift gears for a t- couple of minutes and chat about your journey so far. You've experienced tremendous success, but you've also had some hardships. As a founder, what has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome? Um, you know, uh, as a founder, there are enormous challenges each and every day. And I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, we've been very fortunate and, and I'm, and I'm grateful for the opportunities that we've been given to, to, to do interesting work, work with amazing creative people, um, you know, grow substantially, you know, prominent businesses, you know, Razorfish is 20 years old this year. It's one of the few companies that are 20 years old period on the planet, but it, it, it survives sort of. Um, and, um, how does that feel? Like, do you just look back and smile? Um, do you look back and want to like do a fist pump? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't take credit for it. I, I have to have to give credit to all of the, you know, literally thousands of amazing, wonderful, you know, talented, intelligent people that I've had the opportunity to work with over the years. And then since, you know, we left Razorfish, um, the, the people that have carried that vision forward all the way through where it is today that, you know, that's, that's, that's theirs. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I'm fist pumping for all those great, amazing people and all that amazing work and the amazing clients that we had the opportunity to work with and all that. So that's, uh, that's, that's theirs. That's theirs to fist pump right? and I'm here to just you know do it along with them. But, but, you know, creating one of the world's leading brands in and that dominates the space that it's in is um, is is something that we can you know step back and 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 have a little bit of a smile about. It's it's something that's very special. How about the um, and so as far as hardships, so good. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, hard, every day is a hardship in, as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you, uh, so every, every day is, uh, the ups and downs of, of, of getting a business off the ground. You start with something sort of in your head and then you manifest it into something that people use or businesses buy or, you know, uh, a thing that people can get motivated and excited about each and every day. Um, ideally it makes money and, um, sustains itself for, you know, for years and years and years and becomes the dominant sort of business in, in its field. And, um, that's not an easy task. Um, but it's one that sort of, I, I do cause I have to more than anything. How about the experience of selling a company? Because you sold the Dodgers group to Sprinkler and then you stayed on with them. What, what does that feel like? Well, Sprinkler's an amazing company, and you're going to see amazing things from them. I mean, truly amazing things. Raji Thomas is a phenomenal leader and a, a extremely bright, and he's attracted some amazing people around him. And so, you know, kudos to Sprinkler. You know, they're going to take this, you know, all the way to the goal line. And, and uh, you know, so lots of exciting stuff coming out of Sprinkler, you know, soon. And, and you can expect great things from them. Um 
you know, the, the, the space Dodgers group was in, we had built some very, very interesting technology and, a, and an amazing services team um, that was doing really great work. But as the marketplace changes, um, you know, you're, you're playing chess really with everybody in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the field. And so in this instance, you know, we thought it was best to team up with a winner like um, like Sprinkler and, and Raji. And, uh, you know, I've bought a lot of companies in my life um, and I haven't sold many. Um, but in this instance, it was really a, a, a one plus one equals three. It was like the peanut butter and chocolate combo that was going to enable both businesses to really succeed in a way that that separately they may not have. And so you, know, you take your ego out of the game and you say, what's great for the employees? What's great for our, our, our customers? And what's going to make the most impact on, on the marketplace? And uh, so teaming up with Sprinkler was an extremely logical choice and, and a great one, I think, for, for everybody. You've mentioned all the different things and how there's different hardships. You've explored... Oh. You've explored so many different things, even to DJing and ballet. How have all those exploratory things gotten you where you are today? The whole trial and error mentality. Yeah, for me, um, I think a lot of the trial and error that I'm experiencing was um, early on in my exploration of what I'll call um, the highly fragmented media telecommunications and and entertainment, you know, uh, landscape. So. What I was really interested in is was the expression, production, distribution, and monetization of ideas. And I didn't know that yet, but so I was, you know, interested in the theater, and I was, you know, studied classical ballet, and I uh, was a DJ, and I, you know, uh, you know, was um, photo editor of the school yearbook, and was on the literary arts magazine, and sort of all these different forms of expression, and I. I'll say that I sucked at all of them. Uh, um, but what I was good at was understanding the modes of communication, understanding how to work with creative people and how to express ideas, distribute them, monetize them, and, um, and, and, and turn them into something bigger than just an idea. And so, you know, I took all of those skills and wove them together. And as the internet started to emerge, you know, it became the, the, the thread that glued, as digital emerged, it became the thread that glued all of that together, um, that enabled the production, distribution, and monetization of ideas across all sort of uh, these highly fragmented, you know, uh, modes come together. And so, you know, the internet was sort of the, the, the beginning of my career, having done a lot of trial and error to figure out what I was good at and what I really wasn't at, which was, I wasn't, I'm not good at many things at all. Um, but, but, but I found sort of a, a path that enabled me to bring all those talents together. And, and that's sort of what we ended up, you know, building businesses off of. And I've been doing that for now, you know, almost 20 years, whether it's Dodgers Group, you know, where that digital technology emerged, not not just to unify, you know, production, distribution, and monetization of ideas, but then began to empower every one of us with this democratized production, distribution, and monetization tool um, that enable us to share our information with anybody worldwide for free in HD on the go. And so when you're 
empowered to share your kitty cat photos or your gluten-free cupcake recipes or your manifestos for the government or your new idea for your new app that you're going to make. Um, this thing enables us all to do that more readily, uh, more cheaply, uh, and um, distribute ourselves more widely for the first time literally in the history of mankind. We've never seen anything this powerful enabling people to do that kind of thing more, again, more widely, you know, uh, less expensively and more powerfully. And so this democratization of, of the tools of self-expression are, are truly revolutionizing the way entrepreneurship, the way, um, you know, people are going to be able to take control of their lives from what was this old, you know, highly fragmented, highly bureaucratic, um, you know, uh, old line of thinking, old ways of doing business structures and turn our economy and our society and the people around us into empowered, motivated and, um, you know, self-sustaining individuals. And we've seen it in the blogosphere. You see it with companies that rocket to the stratosphere like Snapchat or, you know, these other companies where, you know, Mark Zuckerberg even, you know, you know, to see the, the growth of a company in eight years become, you know, a billion three in user base and still just getting going, you know, uh, it's something wildly special. And so um, what, what we're doing with OneDrop is kind of like on a, on a teeny little level, the same kind of thing. We're enabling people to, to share how they live their lives each and every day um, with each other. And, you know, I'll do some magic in the background uh, with big data and, and cloud computing and, and algorithms to, to help you make better choices. When you talk about all of the new things happening, what's your take on all of the live streaming video conversations that are going on right now? Are uh, you talking about Meerkat and Periscope? Mere, yeah. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the tech, the, the idea has been around a while. So this isn't, you know, Meerkat's not the first time we've seen this story, whether it's quick or Justin TV or, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different versions of the same kind of flavor. Google Hangouts, whatever, Skype. But I think, you know, this lightweight, super easy to use interface um, and the ability to distribute instantly worldwide with your Twitter following, you know, is a, it's kind of just a simple, lightweight, but exciting, you know, way to share what you're doing right now. And if you're willing to type it in 140 characters, what are you doing right now? You know, oh, I'm having a sandwich. Um, then what does it matter whether you're videotaping yourself, eat a, I mean, you're not videotaping, but whether you're, you know, live streaming your sandwich eating, um, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who are the followers of the, of the, you know, who's going to consume, you know, low production quality, um, lightweight video snapshots of, of what people are doing. But I, but I, and so I don't know how that's going to evolve, but I certainly think it's going to be one of primary ways in which, um, people start to share things. So I don't know if it's Meerkat or Periscope or what ends up being the, the, the solution, but I think this way easy to capture, easy to distribute video, um, is the beginning of something, you know, potentially, potentially huge. I want to chat for a couple of minutes, Jeff, about some great insights that I've learned about you doing some research 
One of the things I've read is that you said that you should burn yourself into the minds of people you meet. I imagine there are a lot of ways to do that. Can you give me an example of really making an impact on someone? Um, you know, when, you know, where that came from, by the way, was a, 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 I'm a mentor at this um, organization, a great organization, by the way, for, for startup founders called the Founders Institute. And in that mentoring process, I was um, recorded, you know, in one of the sessions that we were doing. And so we were giving kind of the, you know, maybe it was a top 10 list. I can't even remember, but the, you know, the things that a, a startup entrepreneur needs to do to, um, to market themselves better. And so that was the context for, for that sort of little snippet of advice. Um, and, you know, there, by the way, there were a bunch of other, other things on that list, but, um, you know, making sure that when you meet people that you are memorable to them um, is how you end up standing out as a, as, a, as a founder. You know, there's lots of noise in the system and there's lots of people that can help you and would be happy to help you. Uh, and lots of people that are willing to just kind of say, hey, hey, I don't have time for you. So how do you, you know, make sure that they remember you, that they, that they you know, are, are aware of your presence and that takes effort, you know, and I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to advocate one methodology or the other, but I think it, it, it takes a concerted effort. You can't be a wallflower. You're not going to, you're not going to, um, get on people's radar or, or be able to, uh, uh, stand out in a highly competitive, highly crowded field, um, without, making the effort to burn yourself into sort of their psyches in some manner, way, shape or form. I don't think that means doing stupid stunts or anything like that or wearing, wearing a loud Hawaiian shirt. But I think it does mean, you know, coming prepared with your A game, you know, knowing what you're saying and being very crisp and articulate about it. Know where you stand and what your vision is and what you're trying to accomplish and be forceful in the, um, the uh, communication of of your your thoughts and ideas and and I think with that you know people notice you know and that's really what you want you want people to notice um, you know that you're exceptional at what you do it goes right into another insight I saw posted on Twitter that you said I believe at one of these meetups and you said to motivate people play to win not to exit talk like you've already won what does it mean to talk like you've already won? So that's some transliteration of somebody like uh, interpreting what I said. But what I did say is, you know, as a startup founder, um, if you're only in it for the exit, which is uh, a financial win, uh, I, I, I don't believe you, you may you may find some success. Can be but a I don't think journey, though. I don't think great companies are created from um, founders who desire financial exits um, as their primary mode. I think great companies are built from people who see what they think is a win in the marketplace. So I want to create the largest digital marketing solutions firm in the world. I want to create the, the, the place where all of the best talent in the world comes to do the most amazing and passionate work. where the clients are delighted and, you know, I'm just making this up, obviously, but the point is that, you know, winning means that you've created a dominant company that, 
that continues to survive and thrive in the marketplace. Um, not one that you are focused entirely on, on building to sell. And that's, I think, what I was trying to say to these founders, which was, you know, focus on winning, not on selling. Um, because if you focus on winning, then you may, you may end up selling at some point, you know, in your, in your, in your trajectory, but you will have built something of real value along the way. And I hope that provided some clarification for you. Yeah, that's great. Now that you're advising a lot of different startups and founders later in your career, are you enjoying that aspect? Yeah. I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to, to have some, um, some folks, you know, take me under their wing when I was younger. And I think it helps to have people who have bumped their heads and made mistakes and screwed stuff up, which I certainly have. Um, and, uh, and bring some of that insight, you know, to people who are just starting out. I, I sometimes, you know, I was on an airplane yesterday and I was sitting next to a woman who is just about to start her own business. And I was really excited to hear about what she was up to. And, and, uh, you know, and I realized that I've, I've, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to gain, you know, whatever small modest amount of wisdom over the, over the years about what I do. And, uh, and, uh, so I was able to share some of those things with her. Um, and then she obviously has her own perspectives and, and I learned a lot from her too. So it was, it was a really great exchange, but I, I guess those kinds of exchanges are really what I look for when either mentoring or, or, uh, or, uh, you know, working with startup founders. What are the top resources that you use to learn? Um, it's going to sound crazy, but I read the wall street journal every day, cover to cover. Um, and I, people, people, you know, not online, I read the newspaper. Um, and, and usually the New York times as well. And, um, what that does is give me sort of a broad perspective about all different kinds of business and all different kinds of, um, uh, perspectives on business. And I know that, you know, may sound weird to some people or whatever, but that, that for me has, was always, has always been since I, since I graduated undergraduate, you know, one of the things that I um, gained the most out of over time, uh, I read a lot. I mean, I read a lot. So I'll say that reading in general, uh, all the, you know, industry blogs that you, you know, may be uh, 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 exposed to um, uh, and, 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 you know, different types of, of, you know, specific books that are in, in your category outside of your um, I think enable people to broaden their perspective, you know, and, uh, and gain a, a bunch of different sort of views on organizational design, management styles and techniques, um, marketing, you know, approaches, um, branding and identity, you know, sort of focus, um, user experience design versus, you know, product design versus interface design versus information architecture, all those things come together to, I think, um, you know, make a great product or service. And I think, you know, uh, uh, those are the kinds of things collectively that, that have that have helped me along the way. Um, so. What are some of the blogs that you read? Let's see. I mean, I read uh, I read Tech Meme um, to get an overview of what's happening each day in the tech world, and then I typically will will dig into you know some tech crunch, some. Um, Ad week and ad age, some um, uh, 
uh, Healthline, um, you know, uh, Diatribe, uh, you know, specifically now. Um, I can keep going. I mean, I just I read a lot. So how many hours would you say you read a day? I'd probably read a, a good, you know, 90 minutes or more a day. Very cool. So, Jeff, before we go, two questions for you. The first one. You first up on me, yeah. Oh, so I was yeah. saying before we go, two more questions. The first one is having had success building companies, having one file for an IPO, selling companies, and now starting OneDrop, what's the journey like as a founder later on? What are some things that you did before that you want to bring to OneDrop? And what are some things that you did before and think, hey, I'm going to try to think of a new way to lead the team here? Um, let's see. You know, technology has changed the way um, we communicate a lot. So, um, you know, so the phone isn't as useful a tool as maybe it used to be or conference calls even. You know, I think um, there are tons of collaboration tools, um, shared documents, shared, you know, cloud folders, cloud computing, et cetera. All that stuff has has changed over the years. Um, I think also the way people expect to work has changed over the years. And so I think part of, you know, just growing a modern company is working with the modern, you know, tools and technologies that are available that enable people to be efficient, to empower them and to, uh, help them, you know, uh, make the best choices that they can make. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, early at Razorfish, we, we pioneered some of the modern work modes you see today, you know, like open plan seating and, you know, all the kinds of things that you'd think of, let's say, at Google, like snacks or sort of little things that help keep people, you know, um, you know, healthy and, um, you know, uh, excited about coming to work and um, engaged in and what they're doing, you know, and I'm not saying we got it all right ever. Um, just saying that I think, um, uh, we've been fairly progressive in, in trying to, um, embrace whatever new modes, um, will work best for whatever the company is that I'm, that I'm working on right now. Very cool. And the, there's no right, there's no right answer. It's, it's, uh, you know, they're, 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 every company and every personality type and every approach um, is valid under some circumstances. So, I, you know, there's no one size fits all for any of that. Okay. So then my last question is if we're sitting here and it's 2018, three years from now, what do you want to be chatting about when it comes to OneDrop? What's your biggest dream for the company? So OneDrop is really a... Um, Let's call it a. And, uh, let me step back. Um, the 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 dream of enabling people to um, make better wellness choices um, and stay healthy uh, with data is really the goal. And so, how can we make it simple and easy to collect data, and it, and and then turn that into actionable insights that empower people to make better better wellness choices. And so the goal would be to start with diabetes and help use the, you know, the, the information that we all, you know, are sharing and inputting and saving and using, you know, with these devices 
and start with diabetes and help people with diabetes, you know, make better choices. And then, you know, ideally over time, if we're lucky or if we have the opportunity, it would be great to um, apply some of that same thinking to, you know, uh, across, across, you know, all disease categories. And so I can envision a, a company that um, is enabling people to share, connect and make better choices, um, you know, outside of or in adjunct to or connection with the uh, the sick care system, you know, that, that takes care of you when you're sick. I love it. And I'm looking forward to watching you lead the way for that. Can we close Jeff with you sharing how people can stay up to date with OneDrop? Yeah, please. Um, first of all, sign up for early access at signup.onedrop.today. Um, and, uh, that would be great. And then the app should be live in the app store sometime in, in mid-April. Uh, the Apple Watch app will come live uh, you know, shortly thereafter when the Apple Watch is available. And then uh, stay tuned uh, as we uh, begin on our journey in helping make the product a lot better. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get a lot of feedback from people. Uh, we'll know where we're screwed up and, and uh, where we can improve and uh, um, begin on this journey. Very cool. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate you having me on.